1: Before 2020 came to a close, I sat down with photographer Alyssa Rosenheck. We're airing this episode today a little bit later, but it is still just as powerful and meaningful. We hope you enjoy. Take care. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey, girl. Hey, girl.
0: Hey, girl. Hey, girl. girl.
1: Join us as we journey through sharing together. girl hey girl hi Alyssa how are you today I am wow
0: thank you so much for having me
1: of course. I um, can't wait to dive in and talk about your new book and your experience as a photographer and everything else in between. But before we get started, can you please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do?
0: Yes. First, I want to express my gratitude for you and the space we're holding for one another. And to everyone listening, thank you. My name is Alyssa Rosenheck. I am an interiors and architectural photographer. I'm a stylist. I'm a cancer survivor. And I just wrote my first first book, The New Southern Style. So essentially, I'm a visual storyteller, and I really use my platform and my writing to help women tap into their creative power and their creative courage.
1: Mm, Creative courage. So let's start with cancer and growing through that, I'm sure, extremely challenging and devastating experience. Can you talk us through your story there and how it's opened up different lessons for you in your
0: life about being present? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. Cancer, it really shaped me in an extraordinary way, in a way that I wasn't expecting. And I literally had to break my old life, a life that was half full, filled with shame, Filled with doubt, filled with fear. I lacked boundaries, lacking courage, lacking worth. And having cancer for me gave me permission to rebuild a nourishing, a full, a connected, creative mm-hmm. life where I really focus on protecting my peace and honoring my energy and just being in my physical body. And When my physical body was healing through cancer with medicine and every great team at Vanderbilt, ah, that was really an invitation to stillness, my own stillness for the very first time and to start healing emotionally where I stand in my worth and really honor my truth and protect the vision that I have that's greater than myself and being rooted in my own skin.
1: First of all, that was just so beautiful and it's so wild that you said how you're honoring your energy. Cause I started a mm-hmm. list this morning that <laughs> an affirmation list this morning that says I am honoring my energy and boundaries by. And so we are just in divine alignment there. Yes. And I wanna talk a little bit more about that because you are a visual storyteller, you are a photographer, you're just all these really Beautiful, amazing things, author, friend, daughter, wife. So, how are you, especially during this wild year of 2020? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you harmonizing your life in this new way of living? Yeah.
0: I really think for me, it's about more body and less story. And I want to talk a little bit more about that because this year I've really focused on my mindfulness practice. This year, I think, has been triggering for all of us and devastating lives lost, jobs lost, an incredible uprising, racial tension, injustices, a reckoning of sorts. And, you know, this pandemic, we don't have children yet, but I believe it was like this country had a child and this pandemic Exposed all the rooted cracks that have been here for centuries, Mm -hmm. and we're finally having to, you know, come to terms with everything, and for me, this year has really been about mindfulness and service, and mindfulness being it's okay to grieve, it's okay to be sad, it's okay to have negative thoughts, but it's not okay to judge them, and it's okay to have them to pass, and it's about having less judgment with the things that are going on personally, and being able to still show up for myself with my energy, with my peace, protecting those things and still be of service to myself, to those around Mm -hmm. me and to my community
1: that's beautiful
0: you know we don't have to pretend to be okay when there's a nagging voice when we're not we're not we don't have to pretend to be okay when we're watching the news it's okay to feel the things that we're feeling but we really need to listen to what's going on inside of us in order to explore that and disarm it dismantle it and show up in a stronger healthier more whole nourished way
1: that dismantling discomfort Mm -hmm. is... Major and also like leaning into that discomfort as well mm-hmm. um, is also super essential to our process mm-hmm. and how we're growing through things. And you know, I want to touch on your book, of course, but also before we go there, talk about how photography has shaped how you see the world. Your images are just absolutely stunning and intentional. And I wonder, like, as a photographer in 2020, mm-hmm. how has your art form shifted and expanded to different types of storytelling or even just how you relate to your camera and the subjects that you're capturing?
0: Yeah. Well, to dial it back a little bit more, when I was healing through cancer, I picked up a camera and that was my healing catharsis through it. Mm -hmm. So really my camera and my creativity saved my life. It helped me rebuild in a more beautiful, nourished, full way. It was a moving meditation for me and it was a form of prayer and it was a form of self-love for me. And my photography principles and philosophies are very synonymous with my life philosophies where I really believe we learn through our shadows and in photography i document how light moves through a space and it's our shadows is what gives light interest and so my shadows really taught me everything about my light and what gives light intensity and its depth and its range and really the distance that i personally had to travel to be my own you know healer and identify my own personal needs and photography for me that stillness that comes with it was the first time That I really looked inward and that was at 32 years old. And again, that was an invitation for me to heal some of the things that I had been through and had shame around. I grew up in a really chaotic home. There was a lot of abuse, emotional abuse. And for me, it was permission to really own those feelings, to do a lot of inner child work, which I know mm-hmm. we're both proponents of, and to use my creativity to tell me the truth about myself mm. and As I've grown as a creative, I first believed that we are all creative. It's something that lives and breathes inside of us. But as I've personally have grown as a creative, I've used those tools in a way that has been less focused on me and more about letting our creativity tell us the truth about the world and Mm -hmm. how I can continue to document that. And I built a really beautiful photography business that also helped women sustain themselves. And I helped build other female-owned businesses, which was really important to me. But it's also grown. I want my creativity to be attached with meaning and purpose. And it's still Mm. grown. I just wrote this book. And I'm sure you feel the same way after the books that you have, you've completed and finished. You know, you're constantly having creativity as this companion to push to have that tension sometimes, to grow into a more meaning and more purpose and how you can continue to serve your community. And so that's where I am right now. So it's been a really beautiful process, painful process, (laughs) healing process. But photography for me is more of a moving meditation, and it's how I can continue to, you know, be of service to my community, especially now this year.
1: So let's talk about your book, The New Southern Style. Mhm. It is so beautiful and I am so grateful to have been in it. Which
0: I love. I love capturing you in that most, it's magical. For those who haven't seen the book, please refer to her chapter because she's magical and she's glowing and you offer such depth and soul and it's a gift to be part of this project. So thank you for being in it.
1: Well, thank you for having me. And the book is so beautiful because it truly is a collection of resilience Mm -hmm. and inclusion and storytelling Um, From different women from all over. So let's talk about how this book came to be, why it came to be, and what you want readers to get out of it as it continues to live on?
0: The story has been brewing inside of me, and I feel the way I grew up and the way my culture fits into some of the environment in which I grew up, it made me really sensitive to larger issues that we are all experiencing right now. I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are one of the few Jewish families on the street in our neighborhood, and it made me really sensitive to quality for all. There's really no way moving forward unless we're all equal Mm and what that looks like. And I know privilege because of the way I look, but I also know hate and discrimination for my culture. We had a sniper across the street at the Jewish community center threatening to shoot us. Mm. And my mother's shivering body hovering over me when I was six, you know, that Mm. shaped me. And we had the KKK break into our backyard and that shaped me growing up. And I felt a responsibility moving to the South and what that meant. And so to travel, in my opinion, as a creative is to move through our fear and towards a belief, a service. Mm. And this journey of this project started about three years ago. And That's when I really began to write the book, The New Southern. The title since changed. But the goal was really to redefine what it meant to be Southern, what old Southern was, what I didn't love about the culture, to what the New South, what I wanted it to encompass Mm -hmm. and to capture the energy where we're truth tellers of the past and where we humanize our differences through the lens of creativity. And I recognize that creativity is not a silver bullet solution to a lot of the experiences and the things that have revealed itself this year, but these are underlying issues that have been felt in this country for generations. And so I get creativity is not going to end systemic racism or pandemics or injustices, but I am not a historian. You know, I am just a, I'm a visual storyteller with a heart and I want creativity to be a tool that is an invitation to curiosity. It's an inclusive tool to invite everybody to the table where everybody's accepted and welcome to share our truth through a poet's pen, a photographer's camera, a chef's knife, Mm. a musician's key. And the goal is to heal together and creativity tells us the truth about the world and it connects us to community. And, you know, my dream is to lessen the division among us where we continue to humanize and honor our differences. And that's what this book for me, it's the starting point to that.
1: What makes you most proud about this collection of work?
0: On a very human level, just getting through it. You know, writing a book is so hard. And there was so much fear personally attached for me. But right now, sitting in this very moment with you, I'm proud that it has wings of its own and it's taking on a life of its own with the recipients that hold it dear. Congratulations to you. You came out with a beautiful project. It's, it is a book that you need a few of to give to your girlfriends and to keep on your night table next to your bed.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. That makes me, unlike smiling from ear to ear. It's Thank true. you. I love,
0: I love your project so much.
1: Thank you. So before we wrap up, I have two more questions. Yeah. One is what does self-care look like in your life these days? And from the lens of self-care as community care
0: so self-care is community care for me it's continuing to expand on my project around the new southern it's it's very much about community where we're continuing to humanize and honor our differences so it's going to be cultivating more rituals around my own creative self-care practice and I feel like self-care it's just ugh, it's gotten filled with this buzz you know and it's almost like this toxic positivity that's in our social media culture. And I want to, it's just not for me, (laughs) self-care. I know I can go, that's a whole different podcast, but and you talk a lot about that, but self-care for me, it's, it's about going inward. Self-care for me is also synonymous with creativity and creativity for me is soul work. And it's about returning to my physical self, again, less story, more body. And it's about my breath work and meditation and yoga and walking and taking baths and strong visualization practices and kind inner self dialogues. And, and it's about showing up for myself first. So I can continue to serve those around me with the work I produce. It's also, I know that this year has been hard and it's also been allowing myself to cry and grieve and feel pain and continue to identify my triggers and let those be my teachers and doing it in a mindful way where I'm not judging.
1: I think that's the same for me. I knew you were going (laughs) to ask me a question, too, by the way. You know, I love this. So for me, self-care this year, the biggest act of self-care in the form of community care has been like going back to therapy Mm -hmm. and really having some breakthrough moments in therapy and being able to step away from my family to have therapy upstairs and then come Mm -hmm. back down and be full and present and clear minded. That's something that's really been amazing for me. And I haven't shared this yet. So I'm really glad that you asked. So I had like a, like a breakdown like six weeks ago, just an emotional anxiety ridden breakdown, just crying and overly anxious thoughts and Mm -hmm. extremely depressed, so much so that I had to stop watching the news. If I was going to digest news, it had to be through NPR and it had to be surface level stuff that I could handle and not the devastation. And I know that that's a privilege to be able to tune out of that, but it was really taking a toll on me, all the death, all the abuse that is happening in homes right now because families are home and there's so many underserved communities that are suffering and marginalized communities that are suffering. And it was, Mm -hmm. I was just holding it. I was literally holding it because I wish there was something that I could do. And there wasn't anything I can do for those families in particular. Like I literally wanted to go knock on doors and just be like, how can I help? How can I help? And the guilt of, and I don't know if you've, if you've dealt with this, at all, but the guilt of being okay, Mm -hmm. given the circumstances, being financially okay, having a roof over our head, being able to eat the food that we eat and be together as a family of five, you know, like we are doing fine during this pandemic. And that was making me feel extremely guilty. And I didn't know where all of this high emotion was coming from. And I I know that it's the climate, but I also just needed therapy to help me sort through some of the survivor's guilt I was having, the super anxious thoughts I was having, and the complete and utter sadness that had taken over, and the helplessness that I felt. So my mental health just started to crumble. I had been busy all this year and then I got to a a point where I wasn't so busy and that's where it all surfaced in those two weeks where I had a break it was just like an ocean rushing in of emotions and feelings and I I had to like look into getting medicated like it was really hard I was crying I just could not even focus on my work and I was like okay I cannot do this by myself clearly and I'm the queen of like I can do this I got this and I just didn't have it yeah And being able to talk to a neutral party who is also a Black woman who is around the same age as I am and who could really relate to me and listen to me intentionally and also reflect back some of my fears and give me the tools to move through them. That has been lifesaver. That has just been a lifesaver for me. And it's enabled me to show up in my community, in my roles, in my motherhood, in my wife life Mm -hmm. with a new sense of communication. Because now when I'm feeling really anxious, I can tell my husband how I'm feeling and have him hold space for me in that way, you know, and not like feel like I'm being a burden. It's just so much. I could go on and on, but...
0: It's a lot and identifying that and having a good therapist is incredible. Taking care of your emotional health is Mm -hmm. so important and you're not alone. I started back to therapy before my book came out because there were some things that were triggering me Mm -hmm. in on the news and with the book and the climate and being okay. And it's a privilege to come out with a project like this. And it's a celebratory thing that you work years towards and then you grieve And I tried, since all major publishers canceled book tours, and that's a financial investment. It was a financial investment for me. And so I've taken that money from what would have gone towards a physical book tour and travel, and I've allotted it to certain funds that I feel like Mm -hmm. help. When I feel a sense of a lack of control and it's Mm -hmm. true, like food insecurity is a huge thing too right now and it's heavy. And I'm glad that you are honest enough to A, get the help that you need, but also communicate that because you're allowing other people to have the freedom to pursue their own mental health as well.
1: you and same for you and you know I think sharing these types of stories and experiences is really important because then in turn I mean I hope that this supports someone who listens to it and feels like they need to lean into therapy and if Mm -hmm. you do and you don't have the resources the Loveland Foundation I am a recurring monthly donor they offer free therapy for black women and girls there are other it's amazing Rachel Cargill's amazing in her work and yeah so there are things out there There for us and if you need help get help because that's what I needed to do is like get help I have not felt this way in a very long time and it was almost shocking that I had gone back to like such intense anxiety and such intense depression and my therapist made it very clear that you are not the only one Mm -hmm. and it is okay so Mm -hmm. I want everyone who's listening to understand as well that you are not the only one and that it will be okay
0: I just want to hold you and hug you.
1: (laughs) I wish I could come visit. Like we need that. So before we go, if you, I want to ask you this, like kind of icebreaker ish question. If you were mentoring your younger self, what would you teach her?
0: I would teach her to listen to herself above anything else. I would teach her to stand tall. I would teach her to be brave. And I would teach her that her truth is her power and her creativity and courage will set her free.
1: Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai.